Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Welcome, everybody, to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick. And boy, do we have a treat for you today. Not only is it uh, sunny and probably going to be 70 today in uh, Alaska, at least where I'm at, um, we have the infamous <laughs> Assemblywoman Jamie Allard on with us today. But before we go out, but before we go into that, I want to thank our show host, Charlie Pierce for Governor, for sponsoring the Must Read Alaska show. You know, Must Read Alaska competes with big name mainstream media brands out there that have multi-million dollar budgets, uh, unlimited amount of staff, huge buildings, big expense accounts, debit card expense accounts, credit card expense accounts. And Suzanne and I are just here doing our thing. I'm literally in my uh, bedroom doing this show. And uh, we, uh, uh, all this is possible because of not only Charlie Pierce for governor sponsoring the show, but for folks who uh, make uh, $5 a month contributions uh, or $10 a month contributions. So thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for helping fund the show. If you are a donor or a sponsor of Must Read Alaska and uh, Without further ado, welcome uh, Assembly Member Jamie Allard. How are you doing today, Jamie? I'm good. Did I just go? There I go. I'm sorry. I'm good. Yeah. Thank you for asking. It looks beautiful where you're at. I'm in my front yard, Eagle River. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so how how uh, how is it going uh, lately? Where you're 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 going to be on the show? You're on the show five segments, and one of the questions that we first ask that I always ask when I start out is. How did you get involved in politics? I think that um, most of our listeners probably know who you are, but kind of give us a um, a rundown of just kind of who you are, what you represent, and how you got involved in politics in the first place. I think everybody's story is always fascinating to hear. Yeah, I, you know, I got to be honest. I don't think mine's that fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it just isn't. I. Um, just stick with my conservative values. I always have I've always been a little bit of a loud mouth, uh, pretty direct about my points and my perspective. But the truth is that back in 2018, um, I was approached by um, my friend who said that they're looking for someone to run for state house. And I'm like, state house. Oh, really? She's like, yeah, you know, it'd be really great. You know, you really need to check into this. And I said, really? And I go, she goes, yeah. And I said, okay, okay, just a second. I literally put her on hold, ran upstairs. My husband was upstairs, ran up there. And I said, Dan, you will never believe this. They're looking for someone to run for state house. Do you want to do this? And he's like, uh, no. And I'm like, no, no, really? <laughs> he's like, no. So I run back downstairs and I told my friend Kristen on the phone, I said, Kristen, Dan's not interested. And he goes, okay. First of all, I was talking about you. <laughs> and Senator, and at the time it was Representative Laura Reinbold, and she said she would like to meet with you. And I said, "Wow, okay, then let's let's see." And it just kind of went from there. And I quit my federal position to run for House, and I talked to them, and they interviewed a whole bunch of different people that may have been interested. And they said, "We we really like you to run for this seat." 
And so that's kind of how it came about. My girls were all about, mom, if you run for state house and you win, could you get us better drinking fountains? I'm like at school. And she's like, yeah, we need a disco ball. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so there you so have it. when you first ran for state house, how close was it? Yeah, I, it was a three-way race in a Republican primary. I lost to Kelly Merrick by 181 votes. Oh, wow. And I literally raised um, probably $3,000 was it. She had raised over six figures, if not more, um, and had an, an, the unions coming at it. But Eugene uh, Harnett was in the race. So it was a three-way race. And it was literally between Kelly and I. Uh, I had no idea what I was doing. So I'm proud that I ran such a good race. Um, the way I did it was I literally put my tennis shoes on and went door to door. So a lot of people will say 181 votes, that's a lot to lose by. Nah, well, when you no, raise only $3,000 no. and you put in 2,500 of your own, I mean, I, I literally had a, a little war chest of $5,000 <laughs> and um, it was all spent <laughs> on signs and that was it. And I think I ran a radio ad, <laughs> but that was yeah, all. Your cost per vote was uh, significantly less than uh, Kelly Merrick's probably. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm really, really proud of what I did. Looking at that time, it was um, it was embarrassing when I lost. I was uh, sad to wa even walk into my local Walmart. I thought everybody was going to be making fun of me. I really had a difficult time. I, I got to be truthful. I've never lost anything in my life. <laughs> yeah. So this was a whole nother level of what I would consider. I was felt publicly humiliated. Um, but looking back, it was the best thing that could have happened. No regrets. I'm so glad I lost that race. So for folks that are listening, I got assembly member Jamie Allard here, and this is just a amazing picture of what does it look like to keep going? Because I think a lot of people get discouraged, you know, maybe they've ran for even something like a service board area and they lost or they're um, put their name in the hat for, I don't know, uh, an assembly member race or a school board race and they lost and then they give up. And this is a great picture of somebody. Jamie is a, you know, you're an inspiration for a lot of conservative folks, a lot of uh, ladies out there that are thinking about running, look at you and they look up to you. I know you don't like <laughs> I don't know you don't I know you don't like me bragging about you on the air, but it's true. And I think that um, this is a great picture of somebody who lost their first race they ever did. Somebody who's used to probably winning a lot in life, lost and kept going and look at the impact you can have. So for folks that are listening that are out there that have maybe lost their first, second or third race, keep going because you never know what can happen, just as you heard Jamie say what turns out to be a difficult thing was probably the best thing that ever happened to her. So um, there's always a positive thing that you can learn from failures. You're not going to win unless you fail every once in a while. So um, Jamie, what, what, um, what did serving in the army prepare you for as it comes to being elected official? I know that um, you have served our country and served our country well. And um, yeah. did that prepare you at all? I think when I've, when I've talked to other folks that have served in the army, they they often have a chuckle because you know they've had a real world, you know, literally training. What is it? You know, they've had training overseas, or they've had combat training, or they've been in combat, and they yeah. have to put up with like the shenanigans of uh, middle school left leftist drama, and it's <laughs> um, so they have a chuckle. But 
I, w- I wonder what your thought is. Do you think it prepared you for being an elected official? Absolutely. So when I went in the military, I was 21, pretty young. And when you you go in, you're you're some sort of a person. And and I politically, I mean, I couldn't say where I was. I was raised by a progressive family. My family's uh, from South America, um, a lot of hardcore Democrats. And I went in thinking probably a certain way. Uh, they break you down in the military and they rebuild you back out up. And I came out a conservative. So it was pretty enlightening. But one thing that the military really taught me was leadership. And one thing I've learned to do is that you take individuals that wouldn't ordinarily do something and you get them to do it. That is a success as a leader. So if you can get those individuals to do something they wouldn't ordinarily do, you're a successful leader. And I think by bringing folks out to the assembly, testifying, not something they would ordinarily do. No, I think we've accomplished quite a bit already. Uh, Talk about, um, you know, I think a lot of, uh, cities and towns and boroughs in the area are um, p- before COVID. We're struggling to have people come out and testify on things and getting conservatives to uh, interact with the assembly, whether it's a borough assembly or city council. But man, uh, the city of Anchorage has gotten—they've <laughs> gotten like so many people to come out literally every single time. Yep, that it's—it's um, it's almost a new normative. It's almost, you know, the normative used to be nobody's involved. Now the new normative yeah. is literally it's it's standing room only because it's so freaking packed every time. It is. I mean, what? where can you go that if you applaud or clap or say something out loud, that the chair of the assembly will look at you and say, that's an actual disturbance. You will be removed from the chambers. And if they clap for somebody who said something wonderful and great, that she will have you arrested for trespassing. That's now take, listen, really, I mean, yeah. So you're sitting here saying, if a person claps, you can be arrested for not leaving the chambers because then you're considered trespassing. Yes, that is what our society has come to. That is what the Anchorage Assembly has boiled down to. It's pretty nuts. You know, we um, on the Kenai Peninsula Borough, we um, Kelly Cooper used to be our uh, assembly president and Kelly is pretty left leaning. Um, and I just always pinch myself because we are still so blessed to live on the Kenai Peninsula Borough because Kelly for uh, Kelly Cooper's you know I disagree with pretty much most of the things she says she would she would never run an assembly meeting like the Anchorage assembly meetings have been running for the last two or three years and so I always just feel like I'm blessed to live on the Kenai Peninsula because even the folks that are on the left don't even come close to what's happening in Anchorage ever when it comes to um, just the bare bones of running an assembly meeting. It's just a circus how they do it in Anchorage. So you put up with it every week. (laughs) Well, if you let them come up and testify, by the time the person steps forward, the applause has stopped. Um, And the constant interruption of people, you're not speaking on topic. Let them talk on top. Let them speak. Because here's the bottom line. You don't know where they're going to go. And at the two minute, 45 second mark, they might have proven their point and still been on topic. But the constant interruption to those testifying and those who do apply by a time person comes to the podium, it's done. Let them do it. But, you know, everybody's different. So you've had some uh, you've had a couple years under your belt on the assembly. What are a couple of your accomplishments that you're pretty proud of? They don't necessarily have to be on the assembly, but just over yeah. um, your career that you've um, done that you're very proud of. 
Well, I have a lengthy federal career, but as far as the last couple of years, it's my community. I love my community. I've fallen more in love with them. I like doing things with my community. I believe that we've gotten people to speak up and speak out more than ever before. Um, one of my proudest moments, well, I think it's that we pulled out all stops and got Dave Bronson elected. I'm not even kidding. If we had had a different mayor in place, things would be very, very different right now. So it's not about me per se with Dave being elected, but if I could say there's one thing I would love to say I had a hand in, it's getting that man elected. He is amazing and he's, he's bringing our city in the right direction. And I'm proud of every single person that came out. I'm glad that we've given everybody a voice. And I, I would say bottom line is just the community being involved and has woken up. I, I think I've accomplished if they said, Jamie, you can't be in office anymore, I would have been like, okay, I'm okay with that. Just based yeah. on what the community has done. Yeah, Dave Bronson is a freaking champion. He, um, <laughs> He's like, uh, he, I like Dave because he's somebody who doesn't need the job. Um, he's fine and dandy, being a family man, being a, being a FedEx pilot. Uh, you know, he doesn't need to be the mayor, but he felt called to be the mayor. That's and, right. And that's a huge difference between what he's doing and somebody who's a career politician. Um, and that's why I think the conservatives rallied around him. He, he wasn't the normal, you know, um, rise through the ranks Republican. And that's why I think also, I mean, you, you probably remember this, the polling groups in town had Bill Evans winning and, and Bronson getting like 5% of the vote. <laughs> and, Little did they know the uh, the um, the force of the silent majority that was behind Dave Bronson. It's no longer silent. Yeah, no longer silent. I, I seldom hear the term "silent majority" anymore. Yeah. Done. Yeah, yeah. Done maybe we were maybe polite. We were polite, but we're not. Yeah. I think we're just like, yeah, we're done. We're over it. We let it. We let it go long enough. So you've uh, you've kind of uh, made the. Uh, you've thrown your name in the hat officially, I, I believe, to run for state house. I think you're running unopposed at this point. What made you decide to jump in to that race? I did. I actually have only filed intent. Okay. Um, yeah. So today, after we get done here, I'm moseying on down to Department of Elections and I'm going to file for real. So I will register with Department of Elections and fill out all the needed paperwork. Um, I think there's more I can do at a different level. You know, we have a lot of conservatives here in Eagle River that can step up to the plate to be mm -hmm. the sitting assembly person. And I don't remain, I don't even leave the assembly until January if I win this house race. Um, but to be honest, the reason I chose to go that path was um, <laughs> what we endured from Kelly Merrick. Yeah. She absolutely inspired me to run for state house. And I was sad and disappointed that she was not going to be, they drew the lines around my house, literally in the backyard. They're these squiggly lines. They didn't um, want you running against her, did they? <laughs> I don't know. Nah, my point of view is, yeah, they probably didn't. Uh, so she is literally lives about a mile from my house and they did the lines in such a manner. Um, that's weird. They didn't follow the natural boundaries, but at any rate, um, I was encouraged that she was going to be in my house district. And then I found out that she wasn't and I didn't care either way. I was going to run for house. I don't, she doesn't represent us. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, 
so. you know, you and I have seen this over the last couple of years where they, not all of them, but uh, definitely enough to um, screw up the <laughs> getting anything done. Apologize, I'm getting out of the sun. <laughs> no, it's all good. Okay. They run as they run as Republicans, and then they get to Juno, and they say, "Oh, you know, we you don't understand. We're we're in Juno now, and you know things are different here. And and in order to get anything done, we have to kind of put a put our campaign promises away and and uh, essentially just do what the um, special interest groups tell us. And um, yeah. You're going to do the opposite of that. <laughs> You're going to get down there people. and kick ass. Yeah. Well, and I don't know these people at the legislature could handle sitting in front of this public oh, because yeah. it is a, an awakening. And I believe that we don't, I, I'm not one for changing the entire capital location. I think history is valuable. I love it in Juno. What I am in favor for is moving session. So if session can be on the road system, uh, I think a lot of these elected officials would never be reelected. And I think they would have traumatic breakdowns if they heard uh, from their public who come out and testify on issues. It wouldn't be five, 10, it would be hundreds. Um, and that's what we see in the assembly chambers. And I think a lot of them are scared of that. And that's oh why gosh, they yeah. don't want to vote for that that special session or that uh, our sessions to be on the road system. Bring it to the middle of the state, put it out in Willow, put it out in the valley put it in Anchorage. It doesn't matter. There's plenty of space in empty buildings and it would oh, yeah. be cheaper within, I think three or four years, we'd make all our money back. I don't even know if it'd be that long. If, if they put it in Anchorage for just one session, oh. the people you would, would see leave. a, I mean, you'd see a whole new house. <laughs> they would, the, the people on the left, would yeah. lose, the people yes. on the left that are elected would literally lose their minds because they sit in their little bubbles and they, they're like their own little mini gods. And, Oh, we're so amazing, and everybody loves us, and we're you know the best thing that's ever happened since sliced well, bread. We have some Republicans in there too that would just yeah. have a rude awakening. Kelly Merrick would never, no, she had a nervous would, breakdown. They would have a session in Anchorage, <laughs> and there'd be freaking five hundred people deep <laughs> line up to yeah. testify about how much these people have no idea what the average person in Alaska cares about, and yeah. they would just be like. I mean, it would just be so epic. I would just, I would drive from Kenai just to watch it. So, and and um, I know I've been hitting on Miss Merrick for a little bit, but you know she represents us. Yeah, and she's not doing a good job. Yeah, she's just not. So she's got to go. She is the driving force of the direction the state went in. And you know, she says she's pro-life. Here's a problem with that. She, did she just vote with all the Democrats for the last two years? The advocates for pro-abortion. So how are you pro-life when you just sat there and caucused with all the advocates who are pro-abortion? Well, you know, Jamie, you can't get anything done unless you, if you, unless you go over to the other side. That's true. <laughs> hey, I got cookies. Come to the dark side. <laughs> so what are yeah. some of your top issues that you're... Oops. Um, oh, Apologize. You know? Yeah, i sorry. The battery. What are some of the top issues at the state you think you potentially would want to tackle or care about um, in terms of not just the folks that you would represent, but, you know, the state overall. Yeah, the state overall, there's a couple of benefits, I think, that could happen for the state overall. I think one of them is um, pushing for Eagle River Chigak to detach. I think that's a big deal. Um, the the fiscal responsibility that we have right now to carry Anchorage, if we were to detach from that, um, we could really make a difference. 
in our state as a whole, because then we would be the driving force, whether we joined with the Matsu or whether we're alone, politically speaking, uh, Eagle River could become a powerhouse with the Valley and legislative. That is, um, that's good, a very good step in the right direction. Uh, a couple of the other things we need to talk about is having the convention, the constitutional convention. That's a big deal. We need to focus on our elections. Um, we need to stick to the law. I know that when people were voting, they said there's two different statutes in regards to the PFD and the dividend. No, we have one. The Walker statute doesn't count, in my opinion. Let's let's focus on what it's originally for. We need to focus on education. And when I say education, we fund way too much. And when government has their hands in too many issues, we have a problem with carrying the things that are most important to the state. We have an issue at the ASD. We're almost at a billion dollars in debt with our school education. We need to stop with this pre-K funding. There's a lot, there's little things like that, but we, there's a lot to work on. I've got to rein in it. I mean, I have so many issues. I just got to rein it in to see which ones we can work on the best and get accomplished. But look, I'm looking forward to being house majority. And I think we need to tighten the state laws when it comes to the assembly, mail-in voting, um, not being able to vote in person, having voting during April. These are things that a state legislator can actually change. Well, if you're, what's your advice to somebody who's maybe listening in on this, or maybe they're listening in and they have um, uh, a daughter. Sorry, that was my neighbor. It's all yelling at his <laughs> they see me out here all the time and they're like, are you good? I'm like, I'm good. I'm having a meeting. <laughs> Sorry. So what, what is some of your, what's some advice you could give somebody that doesn't know how to get involved? Um, not even just to become, you know, throw their name in the hat for an elected official, but just to make a difference in Anchorage. How, what is some advice you'd give somebody if they're sitting, listening to this, and they're mm-hmm. like, how do I even make a difference in my neighborhood? How do I make a difference in Anchorage? What do I even do? How do I start? What are the things I, you know, it's just, it can be overwhelming because I remember when I first, I, I, you know, 10 years ago, I could give a hoot about any politics. And I just remember <laughs> my thought was, I don't even, it's too big of a cookie to crack to try to even figure out how to get involved in. Cause I think I thought not knowing anything about politics that it was this kind of elite club that you had to be invited into, but it's really not. You can just show mm-hmm. up and we, we, we want people to just show up. So what's some advice you'd give somebody who, who is new to politics and doesn't even know how to get involved in anything? Yeah. I know a lot of people hear this, but the lowest level involvement that would actually be a huge impact. You don't have to say anything either for the first couple of times. Go to your council meetings, your community council meetings. When you hit those community council meetings, you'll be shocked on the stuff you find out. And your sitting assembly persons, your state legislators, they attend those meetings. And if they don't, they're wrong. Um, I'm always at those meetings. And if I'm not at one, I'm attending a different one. And then Kevin would back me up or Crystal and we'd all share. I've been called to attend community council meetings in Anchorage to sit there and listen because other assembly representatives are putting out information and they ask, can you come on there? And I'm like, I'm not going to say anything because it's not my community council. And then I find myself saying something because the sitting assembly person, (laughs) right. is putting out the wrong information. You just, if you listen to those meetings, it's once a month, maybe anywhere from an hour to three hours. It is amazing what will happen and how your mind starts turning. And we've already 
I hate to put it this way, but I'm going to. We've already taken over about four community councils in Anchorage. So people that had never attended have attended. And when I say taken over, they run the entire board now. (laughs) Yeah. So we have um, people that are now city council board members that are presidents and vice presidents. Oh, yeah. So we're flipping those boards. And they have huge impact when they send resolutions and comments to the assembly. Yes. Huge. That's the best way to get involved. Lowest level possible. And volunteer to help candidates. But make sure you research your candidates, too. Yeah, we have, um, I live in Nikiski and we, we are in the Kenai Peninsula Borough and the Kenai Peninsula Borough has these local advisory committees um, for mm-hmm. kind of unincorporated areas. And usually they're not, the borough's not going to mess with your area. If you have an advisory committee that ruled against something the borough wants to do or advised against something that the borough wants to do, well, Nikiski doesn't have one. And um, we are starting one. We're trying to start one so that we can have a voice again and it's it's like you know it's just a i kind of like when we when some a group of us got together i don't know a couple months ago and and turned in all the official paperwork i kind of had this how the frick have we not thought of this in the last you know i've been living here for the last eight years and some of the people in the room have been living there in the forever like have we not thought of this until now (laughs) like we're all all involved in politics and, yep. and uh, we don't have McKiskey didn't have a voice at the seat at the table. And we're McKiskey is historically pissed off at the borough for not listening <laughs> to us, not considering McKiskey, not considering, you know, not 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 listening to us, not hearing us. And well, they didn't have to because we didn't have an official seat at the table. Now we're going to have an official seat. They have to listen to us. And so it's little things like that that do matter. And you're right, those community council meetings are super important. So um, what, uh, you know, I think somebody like yourself, you you have a lot of people that look up to you, whether you like it or not, and you inspire a lot of folks to um, get out there to um, state what they are um, in favor of, what they're for. Um, fighting fight back about what they're against so you inspire a lot of people you're a lot of people's hero what who is your hero and and why uh and why do you look up to that person wow so the first person that came to mind which is super weird i didn't think that was going to happen um but i I, i'm going to tell you the greatest politician of all time hands down he was able to get individuals to follow him just based on his word alone. And he changed the entire world. And I would say it was Jesus, right? Which I never thought that would just come to mind like that. But he was absolutely the greatest politician. He fought hard on every aspect of our freedoms. Um, so he is my hero. That's He's awesome. truly my hero. Yeah. And he, uh, one of the things I love about uh, some of the stories that he told was he kind of, he made fun of the folks that were the, you know, um, put together in his day, he 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 would make fun of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and and I oftentimes think about who are those kinds of people in our society that he would be making fun of today that act like they have it all together, but he's sitting there thinking like you know you you don't know anything. And now and and, uh, and, he, and I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. It was Crystal Kennedy, and we were on the phone, and I said, Crystal, 
this is really hard, but I think this is a question we should ask ourselves. During that time, would I have followed him? Like he was getting stoned and rocks and people are dying defending this man. So you have to sit there and go, I would hope I would have. So it's interesting how he's so strong and the people who followed him were so strong. So, yeah. But I mean, if you were to talk um, about a person here on earth of one of my heroes, I would have to say my husband. You know, he's he's been there. He's seen a lot. He was, you know, 25 plus years special forces. And um, he's helped me through a lot. He's defended his country and um, smart guy. And yeah, he's he's a pretty amazing guy. He's a living hero right there. So. Living hero right there. Yeah, he's a pretty That's good awesome. guy. Well, to your, to your first point, uh, you know, it's almost a thing that nobody even wants to talk about these days is they don't even want to say the word Jesus, which is very yeah. sad. You know, it's like, oh, crap, did I say that? And I think <laughs> I think that um, that it's it's just uh, it's just sad because, you know, you look back 30, 40, 50 years ago, it was normative for families to talk about their faith, talk about Jesus in public settings. And now, you know, if, if somebody on the left hears this interview, it's they're going to be like, I can't believe that they said Jesus was their political you know, their hero. This is just so stupid. That's OK. <laughs> and I think it's amazing because I'm a I'm a um, I call myself. a I don't know what you want to call it, but a Christian, I'm a follower yes. of Jesus. And I um, we go to church here in Nikiski and and uh, um Faith is a big part of my family's life, my life, my family's life, my kids, my kids as well. And I think that that is so important. And it's something that we've had, we've lost the ability to talk about in the public setting for the most part, especially you look at mainstream media and you look at TV shows and, you know, we don't have, I don't, I don't buy cable or anything like that, but, you know, Jesus and schools, you know, Jesus is gone from those places and you wonder how come our schools are in the condition they are. Yeah, you know, and, and I get it. If you don't want to say prayer in school, okay, I see. There's no reason for it to be separate. This isn't. We've seen what happened with separation of prayer in school, and you can pray whoever you want to pray. Give it a moment of silence. Um, a lot of the schools have taken the Pledge of Allegiance out of school. It's it's just heartbreaking. Yeah. And it's our fault as parents, and, and the school being funded by government is the wrong way to go. Yeah, as so. as state, It should be state-funded, local-funded, not by... Uh, well, not federally funded because then they do what the feds want them to do. And that's not the direction we should be going. Yeah. Like a I love, I love charter schools. Yeah, I love charter, school of charter choice. Schools are awesome. School of choice is awesome. Yes. So um, before we wrap up here, Jamie, is there anything else you'd like to share that we didn't touch base on? Um, uh, how can people get in touch with you? Um on an assembly level, somebody in your district that doesn't know of you, the one person maybe that's moved to town and they don't know you are, how do they, how do they like, uh, how do they get in touch with you if they have an issue assembly related? How does somebody get in touch with you? I don't think you um, have anything set up for your state house stuff, but just share I with do, us. I do actually. Somebody um, I took it down just to revamp stuff. And my website for my state house is Allard for Alaska. And I think okay. Tom uh, Anderson, Optium, relations is doing it now so they said it should be up at the end of the day with all my links and everything to it okay, um cool. i know a lot of people don't like to i will um my number is 907-854-5349 i'm sure a bunch of lefties somewhere in new york are going to call me now <laughs> they always do 
Um, but I like to get personal phone calls. So if people want to call me and talk to me or text me that way. Absolutely. I guess one of the things I would leave with, oh, by the way, all donations are helpful. Those Democrats are going to be coming after me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I do welcome those. Um, I need volunteers to help me dial for dollars. I need volunteers to help me go door knocking. So any of that would be really great. And then I guess the last thing I would leave with is hold your children close. They are our future. And my daughters are everything to me. And if we can guide our children to be the next leaders, like true leaders with our values, we, we're going to be doing okay. And if we can get our kids just encouraged and inspired and turn this world around, we have to depend on them. And they're going to be telling their mom what to do in just a few years because um, they're going to be voting. So if we can influence and impact our children, that's the best route. Start with your babies. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jamie, for joining us. Um, and we want to thank our show sponsor, Charlie Pierce for Governor, for sponsoring the show. And Jamie Allard has been on the Must Read Alaska show for the last 40 minutes now. And Mount, what a treat that was. She is a force to be reckoned with. She is the she gives a voice to the conservatives, not only in Ala in Anchorage, but all over Alaska. She's a true inspiration to um, to ladies out there that that want to get involved in politics. And man, her hero is Jesus. And she's willing to say that. And I think that that's a ultimate inspiration where um, she really doesn't give a crap what the left has to say about it, which I just love to death. So Jamie, I wish you nothing but success. I know you're going to go far in life. You already have. And I think uh, this is just the beginning of your political career and, and the sky's the limit for you because um, you are a person who speaks from the heart. and. Uh, you uh, put the fear of God into folks, which I think is a pretty awesome thing. So um, thanks for joining us today on the Must Read Alaska show. Suzanne and I will be on Monday, or not Monday, because Monday is a holiday. So I think we're going to be on Tuesday. We have a special guest on Tuesday. You, you won't want to miss out on that. Until then, from somewhere in Alaska, I'm John Quick signing off, and I hope everybody has a phenomenal uh, holiday weekend. <laughs>